And joining me now is Robert Hazel. He's a professor of government and the Constitution at University College London. Thanks so much for your time tonight. You're very welcome. Just looking at the planning process around this funeral, it's really going to be something unlike many of us have seen in a lifetime, I imagine. It'll be absolutely massive. Uh, there are 180 countries around the world with whom the UK has diplomatic relations. Um, and all their heads of state have been invited together with spouses or partners. And of those, 14 are countries with whom the UK has a particularly special relationship because those are the countries around the world where King Charles is now the new head of state, including Canada, as well as Australia and New Zealand and Jamaica and Papua New Guinea and other places in the Caribbean and the Pacific. And those countries uh, have been given much longer uh, invitation lists, recognizing the special relationship um, that the British monarchy has with those countries because Charles is their new head of state. With room for 2,000, it seems big, but it isn't. Uh, with the number of, uh, of potential attendees that you've, you've just spoken about, who won't be there? Uh, well, I think we're confident that President Putin will not be there. He's not been invited. Uh, I think we know that President Xi of China will not be there um, because although he was invited, there was then a bit of a political spat. Uh, because several British parliamentarians objected to that invitation uh, being extended because of China's treatment of the Uyghur people. Um, and so that's still unresolved, whether China will send a representative, and if so, who that would be. I realize that that it is delicate. Uh, I mean, the Queen was always seen as being apolitical, but she is the head of state. Uh, there is a delicate balance here. One one thinks that the absence of the Russian leader, considering the histories of those monarchies, means something. I think uh, there would have been political uproar if President Putin had been invited just uh, six months after the Russian invasion of the Ukraine, when the UK and all of Western Europe uh, and the United States and Canada, the whole of the Western Alliance uh, has joined in solidarity with Ukraine following the invasion um, and the outrage at Russia's behavior. Uh, so I think it was no surprise that Putin is not on the guest list. Yeah, undoubtedly. It just it strikes one um, when one looks at it, you think of the histories of these countries and realize how much changes quickly, despite the fact that uh, the funeral for the Queen, you would expect it to be um, not apolitical, but it, it does. It is a reflection of the modern political climate, regardless of how much of a long-term apolitical person she was. Well, that's right. And, and royal events are state occasions as well. And the state, therefore, uh, has an interest in the guest list. And we'll see that again in six to nine months' time at Charles's coronation, uh, when the state... Uh, once more, will have an interest in who is invited and who is not. On Sunday, I gather that the king will meet many of these leaders uh, for the first time as king. That must be an important part of this whole process for King Charles as well. Yes, and it will be a state occasion, and there will be some diplomatic business done around the fringes. Um, but... Charles, because he has had such a long time waiting to assume the role, 
um, has already made many state visits to other countries. Um, Canada is a country he knows particularly well because he's been a regular visitor there, but to many other countries around the world. So quite a lot of these heads of state will be people already known to him. The person who will be most eager to meet uh, some of them is the very new prime minister, Liz Truss, um, because she had been in office only for two days, having been appointed uh, by the queen in the queen's very last act, official act uh, as the monarch on Tuesday of last week before the queen died on Thursday. Uh, and Liz Truss, I think, and some of her new ministers will be anxious to use the opportunities presented by all these other foreign dignitaries coming to London. How important do you think this whole weekend will be and Monday for things such as the future of the Commonwealth, for instance, for maintaining that idea of the continuity of the monarchy, the continuity of the crown? Well, um, we do know that uh, Charles, amongst other things, is the new head of the Commonwealth. That was agreed at the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting held in Windsor in 2018, when the Queen asked the uh, other Commonwealth Heads of Government uh, to respect her wish that Charles should become the new head of the Commonwealth as her successor, and that was agreed. So he is now head of the Commonwealth. Um, the Commonwealth has uh, had its ups and downs because being a very large grouping of 56 different nations around the world, including lots of the smaller nations. Um, it would be amazing if the Commonwealth managed to reach agreement on everything. Um, for myself, I think the greatest value of the Commonwealth is something which is not generally understood because it's invisible from the political world, and that is the networks that the Commonwealth provides through things like the Commonwealth Medical Association, the Commonwealth Magistrates and Judges Association, the Commonwealth Veterinary Association. I cannot give you the complete printout of all the different Commonwealth groupings, but it's that at that low level, the Commonwealth provides an immediate bond of friendship, which I myself have experienced when I was uh, a civil servant, going for the first time to Australia and then to New Zealand and then to Canada. Uh, I was uh, amazed at the warmth of the welcome extended to then a relatively junior British civil servant. Um, and I think that was because we were fellow member states of the Commonwealth. All those nations of which Charles is now head of state will be watching this as well. Um, we know Canada is going to have a relatively large contingent in the procession. Uh, how much of what we're going to see on Monday will speak about the symbolism of the relationships that Britain has, that the monarchy has with the rest of the world? The symbolism will be immense. It won't be as great as when the Queen acceded the throne in 1952 and then had her coronation in 1953, that was really the last hurrah of empire when uh, armed forces from many of the co colonies as they then were, as well as the dominions came and lined the route of the procession. Uh, those armed forces are much less. The bonds between the United Kingdom uh, are much looser and they are now bonds of friendship uh, rather than the closer relationship in the days of the British Empire. 
Um, but nevertheless, I think the relations are still very warm. Uh, and in particular, that's why countries like Canada have been asked uh, to send many more guests than, for example, what might be thought in diplomatic terms to be more important countries like the United States. So my understanding is that from the United States, only President Biden and Mrs. Biden have been invited, not even someone like President Obama, who famously had a warm relationship with the Queen. Whereas I think I would expect that from Canada, some 15 or 20 guests will be invited because Canada is one of the realms where Charles is now the new head of state. What have you made of the first week of, of this is a difficult situation, obviously, for, for the king. He, he's been preparing this for, for this for a very long time. But at the same time, he's in a period of mourning. He's had a, many public duties since uh, last week. How do you think he's fared so far? I think so far he's done extraordinarily well because uh, he has to combine his own personal grief at the loss of his mother with his very important new public duties. And the monarchy always has to put its public face before its private one. So he's had an extraordinarily busy schedule. He gave his first address to the nation the day after the Queen died. The next day, he attended the Accession Council, where he was proclaimed and recognized as the new king. He then embarked on a tour around all the nations of the United Kingdom, recognizing that we are a multinational nation state. Um, so he's been intensely busy. Uh, and in between, he's been taking calls from heads of state uh, and leaders around the world, and also getting on with the day-to-day -day business of being head of state, which involves a lot of paperwork. A lot of the work is done behind the scenes, and it's very intense. The Queen received boxes of state papers every day of the year, with only two exceptions, which were Christmas Day and Easter Day. So that's how unrelenting the workload is. We saw in his address to the nation that he spoke of following in his mother's footsteps and uh, essentially expressing the the desire, or at least the the ambition or the aim, to stay in the position for life. Um, I guess that means there will not be an abdication, as perhaps we've seen with European monarchies at times, to to William. But on Thursday, we saw um, the, the Prince of Wales and the Princess of Wales out in Sandringham doing public duties. One gets the sense that we're going to be seeing, a, they're going to play a very important role in Charles's monarchy. That's right. Charles, in the past, has uh, expressed a wish for a slimmed-down monarchy. Um, and I think that's likely to happen uh, during his reign. It'll happen anyway through passage of time. At the moment, there are 12 working members of the royal family. But of those 12, half of them are people aged in their 70s and 80s. Um, and so there will be a smaller team. Um, and in that smaller team, uh, Prince William and his wife, Kate, uh, will be expected to play a much bigger role. Uh, and that role can only increase as Charles himself becomes older. So during the Queen's declining years, Charles increasingly was deputising for her, undertaking overseas visits when she no longer 
did uh, long distance travel. Uh, and for example, this year at the state opening of parliament, delivering what in Canada would be called the throne speech, known here in Britain as the Queen's speech. And Charles uh, in May of this year delivered the Queen's speech in parliament on her behalf. And I can anticipate in future that Prince William uh, will undertake some of those duties on behalf of the King as he himself becomes elderly. With with um, Prince Harry no longer a, a working royal, with Prince Andrew no longer a working royal, it feels though there are, there are, there are gaps there a bit. There are people who one would have expected in the past to have been part of this who are no longer part of this. Will that be a challenge? Well, um, it's one of the reasons why the working members of the royal family are fewer in number than they have been. Um, and no doubt, ideally, than we would wish, um, because there are lots of requests for royals to come and open this school or that hospital, or indeed to go on visits to other countries around the world. And with a smaller team, it's harder to fulfill all those requests. So it's a matter of regret that uh, Prince Harry is no longer a working member of the royal family, likewise Prince Andrew, but I don't anticipate either of them being invited to return. Although I imagine we will see the entire family together on Monday once again. Of course, the entire family will be present at the Queen's funeral uh, because they are her sons and grandsons, um, and it will be a very important family occasion as well as a state occasion. And playing a prominent role, I would imagine, as well, much as we saw with the procession uh, earlier this week. That's right. Um, although the main roles at the funeral, I think, uh, will be conducted by the church, in particular by the Archbishop of Canterbury and the Dean of Westminster, uh, who will be in charge of the service. But I would anticipate also that there will be contributions from representatives of other faiths, Charles has made a point of welcoming people from other faiths and at the services held in Scotland and in Northern Ireland earlier this week, uh, it was significant that uh, at the beginning of the service when entering the, the cathedral, there were representatives from the Jewish community, from the Hindu community, the Muslim community, the Chinese community, um, and Charles took time to greet them all and to hear their condolences. Robert Hazel, thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome. Thanks.